0: In a time where we're spending our moments isolated, I'm learning new ways to connect with people. This new path we're on has been a little weird, to be honest, but I feel like this is the start of a new chapter. Now that we've all slowed down, we've given Mother Nature a final chance to spread her wings, flowers to bloom, and birds to sing, beckoning spring to take over, I think most of us couldn't be more grateful. I know I am. This isolation time feels both syrup slow and also blinkingly fast. We've scrolled through Instagram feeds, learned new TikTok dances. Your mom probably learned some TikTok dances. Um, We did some push-up challenges, spent some good quality time with family. I think that the pandemic proves we have so many more similarities than we do differences. Your pain your inner fears, your joys, your highs and lows, we can connect with that with other people all around the world. Which brings me to today's show. Once the chaos slowed and the dust settled, many of us use this time to reflect inward, trying to make sense of this moment.
1: All right, and and these are the times where you kind of figure out what do you really want to do? If there's a book you want to get to, if there's a podcast you want to start, is it a business idea that you want to go ahead and possibly roll out? Right now is the time to do it. With everything being at a standstill and a halt, people have to figure out what's their next plan of action moving forward.
0: That's my special guest, Darren Hall. He's a radio host, a pioneer in his culture and industry, refuses to put anything into the microwave. Just kidding, but he's working towards creating a legacy with microwave culture. He likes the slow roasting kind of feel. He's a firm believer of good things take time. You're probably wondering what that all means, so I guess you'll have to stay tuned. Hi, welcome to Precious the Foodie Podcast, the show that will uncover stories through palettes and memories. My name is Precious Pioneer, your host. I'm a chef, a creative, and a foodie. I'm meeting people all over the world using food as a medium to highlight truths into bite-sized pieces.
1: My name is Darren Hall of Microwaveable Culture. No, let me stop the deep voice. But yeah, my name is Darren. Microwaveable Culture. Been doing radio for about you know, three years. Did some time in the military. Did about five years. Got out. Know. Decided to pursue my own endeavors. <laughs>
0: cool. Yeah. And where do you where do you currently live, Darren? I
1: currently reside in Brooklyn.
0: Brooklyn. Brooklyn, New York. How is how's, how's uh, corona and everything treating you? How are you and your wife doing during this time?
1: definitely doing well, definitely doing well, staying in, washing everything religiously, doing Mm -hmm. what we need to do to stay safe. So it's been kind of been easy, you know, making the most of our time indoors, doing what we need to do. And yeah, so it hasn't really been that bad. Like, you know, a lot of people get cabin fever and they tired of being in the house. They want to go out. We kind of like, yeah, y'all can do that. We'll be in the house doing what we need to do to stay safe. So it's been, it's been, it's been quite well. What about yourself? How you feeling? you in DC if I'm not mistaken, right? (laughs)
0: Right. Okay. Uh, I actually live right outside of D.C., maybe like 20 minutes um, in Springfield, Virginia. And oh, honestly, um, it's definitely had it has had its highs and lows. Um, staying inside is kind of a lot. It's definitely different, um, but I'm definitely one of the people um Impacted At least, you know, my background is a chef. And so my restaurant's closed down since March. And, you know, a lot of my friends who are in the hospitality industry are kind of on that weird limbo of, um, will our restaurants ever open up again? And like how do we go about it? And all the safety regulations and things like that. So mm-hmm. money is like definitely interesting, but I'm very blessed to be able to stay with my family for a little bit and try to figure that part out. So
1: well, you just... sound like you in good spirits, definitely.
0: <laughs> yeah, I find that um isolation is weird in the sense that you don't get to the opportunity. to eat. To see as many people as you would on the typical day-to-day and I feel like that's kind of where I get a lot of my energy from Um, but podcasting and talking to people all over the world kind of has given me a very fresh perspective on the fact that my friend in Nigeria or my friend in Spain are all in their houses feeling the same sort of awkward discomfort as I am so it's kind of wholesome knowing that no matter where you are in the world everybody is kind of like in this together and... We just have to be a little patient and, you know, get through it together.
1: All right. And and these are the times where you kind of figure out what do you really want to do? If there's a book you want to get to, if there's a podcast you want to start, is it a business idea that you want to go ahead and possibly roll out? Right now is the time to do it. With everything being at a standstill and the halt, people have to figure out what's their next plan of action moving forward. And so, you know, you got to look at it, you know, glass half empty, glass half full. Yes, it's a bad thing, you know, people dying and everything like that. The bright side is you can use this time to recalibrate your way of thinking to come out this pandemic better than when you entered it, so.
0: Right. I think that's a really, really good point because originally, like, I feel like there's, they said that there was like different stages of grief, I guess, where the first part you're like worried and scared and then other the other forms of it are more introspective and you're realizing that like, hmm, maybe it is a time for a pivot or maybe it's time for self-reflection to figure out what exactly you want to do moving forward. Because maybe you were working at a job or something that you absolutely despised or you wanted to start something, a new art project and things like that, that you just never had time for. And then suddenly we're in a position where time isn't an excuse because we, we have plenty of it, you know? Maybe instead of binge watching Netflix shows or taking extra extra long naps. so you can kind of you know redirect and figure out what brings us joy and maybe move towards working on that
1: and and purpose right what is your purpose like well you know what are you doing it for like I my thing is I want it's not about the money so I'm not chasing money I'm more so chasing the legacy you know what are you mm-hmm. gonna say about me when I'm no longer here mm-hmm. with that being said I have I have some numbers in my head now but it doesn't You know, fuel me to really be the best that I can be money-wise. Like, yeah, I'm going to be the best, but it's not a dollar sign that motivates me to do what I do. The money Mm -hmm. will come, you just put out great content and be true to yourself and realize, you know, why are you doing what it is you're doing? Like you said, you're you're a restaurant owner if I'm not mistaken, right?
0: Right. That's the end goal.
1: Yeah, and what makes you so driven about, you know, food if you don't mind me asking?
0: Well, um, Like I mentioned before, I definitely have a military background. So from moving from place to place, one thing that I grew to realize is that it kind of just doesn't matter where you live in the world. At the end of the day, my family, like my home is every night at dinner, my family sits down and has a meal. And I remember that being one of like the highlights of my childhood growing up. Like there's nothing at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what's going on outside, whether good day or bad day, we just kind of sit there and we all eat together and we talk about our days and things like that. And so as a chef, it just brings me immense joy knowing that when people come to my restaurant they're celebrating birthdays anniversaries milestones and by them eating one of my meals and just being I'm part of their memory you know I'm bringing joy to them so that they come to my restaurant to celebrate something a milestone in their life and I feel like I'm a part of it I'm sharing in that experience and giving contributing to their joy which makes me really happy to bring somebody that through food and through you know
1: and, yeah, and you gotta be passionate about what it is you do because if you're not you won't do it to the best of your abilities one thing I didn't like about the military it was so fixated you know about money and mm-hmm. when you are young like I joined the military I was 24 when I joined the military
0: Okay. And
1: they get a lot of people well- in there 18 you know young mind, fresh out of high school never really went through any adversity in life and it's kind of their mindset is well you know I'm, I'm gonna stay here and and you know get the money because you know life tells me that hey if i don't have no job i can't make nothing make nothing shape and they use the fear mm-hmm. factor of you know well once you get out of the military what you gonna do we give you everything you get free benefits free free health free all of that everything free what you gonna do out there right. when you, you gotta go get it for yourself and you no longer have the backing of the military so a lot of people mm-hmm. are in the military just because they don't know what they ever wanted to do in life or what they were passionate about and those are the type of conversations that I like to have with people and just to see, you know, where do you want to be five, 10 years from now? I used to talk to people in the military. Like, you know, the military is cool, but I don't want them having this much control over my life. You know what I mean, like one part yeah. of being grown is having the ability to do what you want to do when you want to do it in a certain degree. So <laughs> of being in the military, I'm like, I want to think for myself. I want to do for myself. And I, you know, so I, I bet on myself. <laughs> you know, and I had to find out what I was passionate about before I, I did find this new way of thinking that I found. But I had to really go through the military to really realize, that, you know, who I am and what I wanted to do. And a lot of people won't realize that until it's late, 30, 50, 40 years, 60. And some people will never really wake up and really understand what life really means in the whole totality and what it is you're trying to chase besides them a paycheck or a bag you know what are you really doing to really fulfill yourself at the end of the day so i think it's great that you're a chef and i think it's great that you use the nostalgia from yesteryear of having dinner with your folks and everything like that and just seeing the joy on other people when they come into your restaurant they're celebrating as well so
0: i think that's dope no thank you um you mentioned that after you got out of the military um And then there was a transition. There was like a journey, a a change of perspective in your mindset that kind of uh, helped develop who you are uh, right now. Can you talk a little bit more about that? What kind of things did you have to do? What kind of mindset were you in uh, to even change at all?
1: Well, so it changed while I was in the military. Mm -hmm. And I I woke up one day and I remember talking to my wife. I said, I want to talk shit and get paid for it methodically though I don't want to just be rambling you got a lot of people out there just spewing bad things and you know negativity you know why not be a source of clarity you know you come to the microwave of culture you already know what you get and so my mindset had to change because I had to realize alright well what am I going to do you know if I don't have a plan then I might as well stay in here because I mean yeah it's, it is a glorified 9 to 5 but ultimately it's still paying the bills good money as well and mm-hmm. to really, you know, deviate away from that and kind of walk my own path where I want to, you know, write my own ship I mean, You know, I want to be the captain. I don't want anybody navigating, you know, my path. And the way I was thinking, um, you, know, you know, me and the wife talked about it. And, you know, <laughs> some things I definitely could have did better. You know, trial and error, of course. and with everybody. You know, with, with everything. And, you know, the military, to get out and... To have a job where you're making, you know, somewhat of the money you were making in the military, it's kind of, it's kind of rough, you know, it's because, you know, the military takes up so much of your time where you can't really have time to do anything outside of that. So you monopolize all your time. So anything you have to do, you had to go above and beyond the military and they make it hard for you to do whatever you want to do. And I was still in school and that's how I was doing radio back in 2017, came back from my last deployment and I started you know, doing radio. So I used that to kind of navigate my way out of the military.
0: Mm-hmm. How'd you awesome. know that you wanted to pick up radio?
1: Well, ever since I was younger, I- I've always felt like I always had this ability to speak bigger than what my age was. So mm-hmm. I remember being on a truck back in the day with my dad, like when I was 10. And I just remember the conversations that me and him would have. And I'm noticing, like, man, the way I'm talking, like, it's just the stuff that was coming out of my mouth seemed like it should have been somebody talking at 17, not somebody at 10. So I Mm kind of, in a sense, I kind of felt like maybe I was ahead of my time when it came to doing things of this nature. My mom was a mail carrier, and she always used to listen to radio. And she used to call into the local radio stations, and she used to call me downstairs and tell me to turn on the radio so I could hear her listen uh, hear her talking before she gets off and everything like that. And I guess it's <laughs> over the years, I don't know, subconsciously I, I've just gotten better and better over the years and then just one day I was like, you know what, this is what I want to do. And this is before I even knew a podcast. I didn't know no Joe Budden. I didn't know no Charlamagne. So I didn't have any people that I in- wanted to emulate. I just wanted to hit the ground running. I wanted to do my thing and I wanted to have fun with it. And my friends that I did have that I do have brought them on a journey as well. And I started doing radio with them and I had a segment, well, Microwaveable Culture, they would come, we would talk. Very, Mm -hmm. very, very, very facilitating, mindful, and just homegrown, good talk.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What is um, Microwaveable Culture? I've heard you mention that a couple of times. Can you explain to the listeners what exactly that is, what that means, what that is for you, the community?
1: Well, so microwavable culture is—you know—we live in a—we live in a society where everybody wants what they want when they want it. You know, while I warm something up in the stove, I could just pop it in the microwave because you know it's easier. But when you put something in the stove, it takes time. You got to preheat the stove. You got to put it in. You got to turn it. You got to make sure that it's 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 right. Mm-hmm. And that that takes time. That's a process. Anything, <laughs> anything great is is going to come with sacrifice and time. You can't rush greatness. Because you want to be here, and you you, you want to be here 5, 10, 15 years with whatever you're doing in your career, and you want to do it at a, a high level. And the only way you do it at a high level is you don't skip steps now. Microwave culture is building something slow and steady, but having something that'll last for generations when I'm no longer here, and something that people can look to as kind of like a beacon, and something that they can look to and emulate and build for themselves. So... You know, microwave culture is just take the time that you need to get whatever you need to get to correct. You know, don't rush any process. Don't mm-hmm. rush any steps because once you rush the process, you miss certain things that help you build what you need to build now to further assist you 5, 10, 15 years down the line. And you won't get that if you skip steps early in the process because mm-hmm. everything you're doing now is to give you that armor you need to go ahead and, and you know fight that fight that you're getting ready to fight. But you'll be able to do it because you took the time, you understood yourself and, you, you know, you had self talks with yourself, but you got your you got your game right now. You didn't skip any steps. So now is when people finally see what you're building, they look at you and they're like, oh, OK, how did he how was he able to sustain this? How did he do it? I didn't skip steps. You know, it goes back to microwave culture. You want you want to put that thing in a microwave? Or you want to put it in the oven? You know, it's what you want. <laughs> You can't put everything in a microwave you gotta put some stuff in the oven and you're probably gonna like it and better in the oven anyway so
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: that, that's what it is microwave and culture you want <laughs> got an idea on Monday you wanna be rich by Tuesday but it doesn't work like that and you can't put a time limit on it you gotta kinda have blinders on understand why you're still doing it continue to do it and eventually you know, one day your day will come
0: no, I like that. I love the food references. I, I completely, yeah, we're all one-on-one here. I completely understand. <laughs> How did you like
1: that? And now that I'm talking to you, I forget that you are a foodie. So yeah, you will understand. like
0: <laughs> No, I understand the depth behind it. So with my r- microwavable culture, um, you personally, Darren, what kind of, uh, you talk about building a legacy. What kind of legacy do you hope people can see in you? Like when people think of your name, Darren Hall, like what, Do you want people to resonate with? Like, what lessons or things do you want? What's the main takeaway, you think?
1: The main takeaway, that's a good question, by the way. The main takeaway just, he never gave up. Just the relentlessness, the pursuit, you know, he lived life the way he wanted to live life. You know, he did things that people never thought he could do. You know, I wasn't coming out of Ohio, you know, I come from, I'm originally from Youngstown, Ohio, small city. I don't even know if we have what 10,000 people in the city maybe if that maybe a little more maybe but a little small city Mm -hmm. and for me I didn't have a lot of options coming out in high school I was subpar you know athlete wise I, I was cool but I didn't have any scholarship options I didn't have any money to go to school so I knew I knew I needed to go to school so I used to live in Maryland I spent three years in Maryland and I was there from 2009 to 2011. No, 2008, 2008 to 2011. And I was down there for some time. And I knew I had to get out of Youngstown. But even then in Maryland, I still didn't know about podcasting because at the time podcasting was podcasting, it was on the radio. But I never envisioned myself being behind a mic. Mm -hmm. So my whole time spent going to school in Maryland was just me just trying to figure out just life. And hopefully one day I will wake up and really realize what I wanna do and step into my greatness. But for me, coming out of Youngstown, just having, not having a small mind mentality, having a big mind and having a big mind in a small city mentality is what ultimately got me kinda, I guess, to where I am now ultimately. (laughs) You know, helped me get to where I am now. And like I said, I was in California for the past. Eight years as well.
0: Really? How would you like it? I was born in Cali. I, I, I loved it. Loved it. What part? I was there
1: for. I was in San. I was in San Bernardino first, and then I navigated to San Diego.
0: Okay. I lived in San Diego as well for a little. Oh, bit. Oh well, yeah.
1: Uh, army. Well, not army. What? But...
0: Military, Military. Yeah, my dad's in the air. Okay. Force, so... Okay.
1: Okay. Makes sense. Definitely yeah. makes sense.
0: Oh
1: yeah. So <laughs> he was he stationed? Because I know they have an air force base. Uh, I don't know the name of it neither do I it's okay that, I know it's, it's even, playing, even playing San Diego San Bernardino I think it's somewhere around Marietta maybe I don't know but yeah no. I love I love California all the game I got from California and my time spent there helped me to become the person I am now just the game I took from California and just the ability to have the confidence that I have now to be able to talk the way I talk you know so ultimately I, mean, I want people good. to look at me and and see greatness you know he, he built something he took his time with it but you know why why chase it when you can create it, you know, mm-hmm.
0: it. i like i like that why chase it when you can create yeah. it that's good because you know
1: nobody <laughs> nobody is going to treat you better than you treat yourself you know and chasing you know chasing a job is you know, it's cool because once again you're just getting a paycheck but what are you doing for you uh-uh. mm-hmm.
0: No, that's, that's good. I, li- I like that. Uh, I think um, we could learn a lot from that, especially in this generation, you know, the way that I grew up. Like, I'm 22. Okay. <laughs> and um, and so uh, growing up, I think that we just had this mentality to kind of fit this mold of, like, uh, doing step one, step two, going to school, doing this. And, you know, it's just like everything was laid out. And so we followed this path. And then but the thing is that with technology... So wrapped into our lives now, it's like there are so many different options, and it's like we have to check in. It's like, are we following just this predetermined mold that we were given, or can we actually pursue different things? Are we trying new things? Like, are we learning new things? Are we doing it because we enjoy it, or just for a paycheck? You know, so they're like having these questions, kind of just helps with your inner growth. Because I think you put uh, it was very well said how you said it um, that. No one's going to like love you and support you like yourself, you know? So you've got to believe in your own dreams and everything first. But it's not something that you can just skip to. It's not something that's going to happen tomorrow. Um, But working towards it, taking your time and hitting all the steps and hitting all the right marks, I think is a pretty powerful message.
1: Well, yeah. And, you know, technology can either help or hinder, you know, (laughs) Mm because you go to IG and, you know, I, I love IG to death. But IG, you know, two worlds. Some people open up IG, mortified. Some people open up my IG, you know, really happy. And you see a lot of people, you see your mm-hmm. peers, you know, people who are in the same age group as you, you know, flashing this, driving in this, walking with this, you know, talking like this, holding this. And it it kind of speeds up where you should be in life for some. You know, because the, the mental the mental fortitude that you need to have nowadays, you know, you you need to be impenetrable, you know, because you go through, you see a lot of things, you you know, sometimes you desensitize to a lot of things that go on, you know, on social media and things of that nature, but it kind of speeds up when you feel like, well, he's 20 and I'm 20. He got 500 million in the bank or 500,000. I don't even have that. And now you start questioning, you know, you and what's meant for you. And you got to find yourself. Like, isolation is key for a lot of things. Like isolation, you find yourself. You know, what do you really want? And especially in times like this, you know, you can't go anywhere, so you isolate isolated. You know, are you taking the time to really figure out what it is you need to do? Are you being uncomfortable in times of uncomfortableness to be comfortable? You know, what are you doing for you? And I think, you know, hitting home with the mental health should be the, the honestly one of the first things they teach you kind of in, in, you know, in school. Because without that strong foundation and right, the mental fortitude, you know, you get caught in certain things. Like me and one of my good friends had a conversation. We was talking about, he was like, yo, you know how many people I know that are still heartbroken over a girl, and I'm paraphrasing, that was like, like five, 10 years ago. And I think we just need to focus our energy into really no. getting the mental right in these communities. And right. with that being said, going back to, you know, some people get broken up, get heartbroken, and they let it linger. 15, 10 years later, you still dealing <laughs> with the same grief you did. like, you know, things of that that you can't get past to see the bigger picture, to see, you know, exactly. get get out of this small city. And it's things like that, and that, that cycle, you know, it's like, eh, it's not the right mindset to have, you know, so
0: some of the things that you mentioned earlier uh, I wanted to touch on with and I feel like at a young age that you're right we need more mental health um, interjection because we all of us I feel like everyone and at least in my generation had some form of self esteem issues and it's um, I follow this one guy named Gary V he's like a huge like entrepreneur hub guy he's pretty yeah he's pretty frank and one of the biggest things he says is like you're buying a whole bunch of crap that you don't need to flex for people you don't like (laughs) which I think there's a lot of truth to that like there's you know like we don't need 50 pairs of shoes yet like we have to get the newest ones to show off all these people that we don't really care for you know like sometimes if you want certain things like okay then that's really cool like then you can get those certain things or if you want a relationship and you want a girl then that's great go and do those things but it's when you do those things for other people, to mirror other people, because those images that you see on Instagram or whatever it is you're getting your news from, your friends, it's when it has a negative downturn because you you mentioned how you you repeat patterns and these people are broken up over years of time. It's because they never had that internal reflection of like, hmm, do I actually want these things or am I getting these things because that's what everybody expects me to look to have these things. You know, and so I feel like once you have that deep truth and that deep talk with yourself of like, hey, I actually really couldn't care less if I'm wearing flip flops, you know, like just having like real talks with yourself um, to kind of develop a good understanding of what you actually value um, could be really powerful. And then I think that's the perspective that you really need to start making changes. So...
1: Yeah, you, gotta, you have to know yourself, you know, timing, like taking the time to really understanding yourself. Because if you don't understand yourself, then you don't know what mm-hmm. you like because you don't know yourself. And I think a lot of people undervalue knowing yourself because how can you go to like simple, something as simple as this? And I always say this. I say you can't go to the bar and order the same drink. I said, I can go to the bar and order the same drink. I'm either ordering gin or tequila. That's it. (laughs) You got a lot of people that don't even know what they like to drink, but they sit up here and say that they will give somebody this or that and a third of this, but you don't even know who you are yet. To even make a a declaration like that, to say that you would do Mm -hmm. something like that. And I think knowing yourself, because once you know yourself, do you know what you will go for? When you know yourself, you would know know, what you won't go for. You know, and then something to symbolize, you know, why break your 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 back and you know exhaust yourself for a woman or a man who you can't who makes you who who makes you get out of your Mm -hmm. character you know if you if that person makes you throw stuff bust windows get in a fight do this that and third you know like you know what are you doing because that's a sign of maturity like no i'm i'm good on this i already know like you do something to me internally i'm good i'm not i'm not where i need to be it's okay to walk away. It's, you know, it's, it's okay just to be by yeah. yourself. I just think a lot of people are afraid to be mm. by themselves because they'll really figure out who they really are and maybe sometimes you don't want to come to that, that right. conclusion.
0: Right, yeah, because f- sometimes facing what's inside is... Kind of scary. It could be uh, trauma or other issues that you just have to deal with internally, you know, and everybody has to go through it. And it can be uh, a little bit scary to seclude yourself and to isolate yourself and kind of just look on what's the inside because you don't know what's there. And sometimes once you realize it, then that does require you to change, which also is scary because you might lose friends that you had, people in your group, you know, I feel like not, you, right, you know, right. not everybody's meant to stay in your life forever. Some d- with growing comes change and sometimes you may lose important people to you, but it just doesn't match with your lifestyle or your realization that you needed, you need to move forward and to grow. Yeah. And,
1: uh, uh adapt a new mindset, you know, moving forward and, Especially in these times now, 2020. Mm-hmm. You know, we gatherings are probably going to come to a, 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 a abrupt halt for the next two to mm-hmm. three years. You know, Yeah. and I hate to say that because, like I said, you you're in the food mm-hmm. industry, so yeah, you know I mean, you know, yeah, kind of taking a hit if it ain't takeout. <laughs> you
0: know. But you see, like uh, it's a whole mindset thing, I suppose. But you know, I I feel very optimistic towards the future, especially my industry. You know, because um, right. I felt like at least for uh, my uh, my sector of like uh, business I suppose um, we people weren't eating at home as frequently and the quality of food there's all all kinds of different uh, underlying issues with agriculture and our food supply system and all these things and with corona they're actually uh, being destroyed they're the system the broken systems that were in place kind of propping us up have failed and so I think with this whole uh, coronavirus and this pause, it's actually kind of alter altering our uh, perspective. It's changing the industry in such. It could be an incredibly uh, uh, positive, sorry, I really couldn't think of that word, (laughs) a positive direction because. You know, climate change and all these things are a huge percentage just due to the giant CO2 related to uh, our agriculture, the way that we're farming and all the pesticides and the bees dying and all these like huge issues that were happening in our food industry are kind of now, they're taking a break and they're like reflecting on like, okay, so how do we want to move moving forward? Do we shop locally? You know, do we value local businesses instead of giant uh, corporations because there's at one point you know in 2020 yeah. that only it, it was either three or four businesses owned all of the agriculture in america which is not ideal you know it used to
1: yeah it's not because they, right, they monopolize exactly. and they're making it hard for other people to facilitate what they need to in these restaurants so yeah no that's, right that's, that's and terrible.
0: so when large corporations own our whole food supply you know they control everything right. how they the quality all these different things and so now it's like as it's crumbling you know it it can only mean better things for food industry and health in the future and i think as a person who advocates for that as a chef who wants to give guests like the best quality food and all these things you know i think that's pretty pretty okay even if i have to sit out for a couple of years you know that's
1: okay no i mean definitely definitely (laughs) Um, I have a couple questions for you. Did you, that, so is your, you you're, both your parents are in the military my or just dad, your dad? He's
0: in the air force. My dad.
1: Okay. And did you ever think about possibly the up up the boots and <laughs> taking that secret? <cigarette> <laughs> my
0: dad has trying I, to convince um, me yeah. um, when I was younger, like uh, years and years. Okay. And I honestly thought about it. Cause I'm like, hmm, I could be like a chef at the white house or I could, you know, cause like military need chefs too you know that's like a very real thing and then um, you know it's just I (laughs) realized with my like creative nature uh, military is like a very specific mindset of discipline and order and that just did not parallel with how I am and so I don't think I could submit I suppose to that very strict lifestyle and so I like creative freedom and like you know, they're very, which is like they're very organized and they're very sharp, which are like you can appreciate. But I don't think I could do that forever. <laughs> I wanted to kind of pivot this conversation a little bit. So I know that you're in Brooklyn, New York, um, and so that's actually like a huge like food area. And I really wanted to pick your brain about like the culture there, what the people are like, um, restaurants. You know, I kind of wanted to just pick your brain on like living in that location.
1: Well, you know, there's there's an assortment of fine dining, fine wine sipping, and all of the above. <laughs> I mean, my wife knows more about it because she's actually from here. And, you know, I've, I've only visited, and I'm coming up on a bin here a year, actually, I think, and oh, okay. sometime this week, actually. But, no, so New York, I like New York food because you always find something different. You well, know, whether it's mm-hmm. you know, Chinese, whether it's Thai. Whether it's Caribbean, whether it's, I you don't know, a deli sandwich from a, from a bodega. You know, it just kind of depends on, you know, what you have an appetite for. And it's all here. <laughs> you know?
0: <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> little,
1: little, 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 little sidebar, side note on that. With you being in the food industry and everything like that, How do you feel about some of the foods and the representation on the, you know, the internet about, you know, this isn't a good food for you, or like, you know, the broccoli and, you know, just things like that and the the beef and all the processed food, you know, how do you combat that on your everyday cooking?
0: Oh, I like that. Um, so... I feel like the more knowledge that I accumulate, the better decisions that I can make, and I don't know, right now I'm in the process of working my way to go to culinary school. I'm destined to go this upcoming January, and so I've worked at restaurants that I just worked for them. I didn't own them or anything like that, and I just worked as a chef there, and I just learned a lot, but my biggest thing was to... My biggest thing anywhere I go is to leave it better than I found it. And so if I find that there's like issues with certain like food waste or things like that, then I try to implement a new system to better that restaurant in the ways that food is being used. I'm not, I don't have the power to change recipes or anything like that to get a more organic brand or whatever. But I feel like the way that I... I feel like the best way to teach somebody something is to live it, and so when I used to live, when I was in college, um, I bought at organic markets. There was a local farm down the street where I got local eggs. Um, I was, I gardened um, my own vegetable garden and I had fruit trees and things like that. And so when I had friends or college parties or whatever, people were always curious. They thought I was so cool or so interesting. And it's such a unique opportunity to educate people on like how certain foods or certain locations just check to see the supply chain, you know? Like if you're buying strawberries in the winter, there's something wrong, you know what I mean? Where are you getting them from? It's not in season, you know? Um, And then you can also just taste the quality, you know? So obviously in the winter time, like lettuces and things like that are flourishing. So it's gonna be the best quality ever. And then in the spring, you wanna uh, get your cherries and things like that, you know? So when you start to learn to shop in season, you shorten your supply chain and the supply chain matters because um, there's limited regulations on so many different things like a lot of tomatoes they're picked green right, right. and then they go through this oxidation process where they're spray chemically mm-hmm. sprayed to change mm-hmm. the color which you know if you grow them naturally it will turn yeah, red on its own saying, you know? so my it's
1: all... mom used to plant tomatoes and I used to see them they used to start off green and it would eventually mm-hmm. turn red and I'm like yeah, I didn't, she didn't right. spray anything on them Like it would just turn red I, yeah <laughs>
0: Exactly. And so it's like all of these shortcuts that are used so that they last longer in grocery stores. And so it makes sense because you don't want, the thing is that we live in a culture as well where we don't eat ugly food. And so if there's a bruised apple, if there's Mm -hmm. a slightly brown banana, like all of that's going in the trash, which is one of our, also another one of our biggest, biggest problems um, in the food industry is that we throw away um, a third of all the food that we make So we're growing like 100 tomatoes, like 30, a little bit of like 33.3, you know, tomatoes are being thrown away for no reason other than we didn't buy them. Yet there's an enormous amount of homelessness, starvation, and things like that. And so it's like a double-ended sort of a problem that we could have fixed but we're throwing it away we're not effectively using all of our resources and so there's all these little food problems and like food deserts especially in gentrificated areas of systematic racism but that's a whole nother story of where like there's not there's like communities where there's only like a mcdonald's or a corner store and they don't have access to fresh um, greens and stuff Uh like that And so it's a huge problem because you wonder why um, African-American culture tends to have um, diabetes or obesity problems and like all these issues underlying health issues, but they don't have access to medicine, which is good food. Food like heals our body. It sustains us. But if we're eating fried McDonald's and KFC all the time, obviously we're just poisoning our culture, you know, and it's really sad. But there's hope at the same time it's just like teaching people um and because people just don't know like unless you're like a food advocate like me who just studies food you know like you just really won't know you think it's like normal it's pop culture and all these different things you know vegan is trending and you know you'll just follow that on instagram and that's okay too um but i think just knowing and valuing what you're putting in your body is like a big issue and one thing that i love that's currently um And growing is like, as information gets out, there's this one guy, he's called the Gangster Gardener, which I think is amazing. And he actually um, is an advocate for food deserts and like um, LA communities where there's a lot of homelessness, a lot of um, uh, people in poverty, and he's building local gardens in their front yards to help them um, and help their generation, help communities grow fresh produce. Because that's something the government won't fund, you know, things like that. And so... It's very interesting. You can definitely see positive changes. People become more aware, but um, that's also why you know this podcast exists. You know, I'm just trying to have really good organic conversations with people so they can learn. something. No, I, I agree,
1: and that that can go back to a mindset with people understanding, well, you know, what they're eating. Uh, I I used to talk to people all the time when I was in the military, and you know, if I if I see something and if I could help your situation out, you know, I'm gonna say something. That's for you to go ahead and. And drink the water and not, but you know I pull up with some water for you. Yeah. And my thing is what I would say was, you know, man, you know all that pork, man, ain't no good for you. All that beef, you know, ah, nah, man, I can't give up the bacon, man. It's you know it's it's too good. And I'm like, but at what yeah, cost? like at what cost? though? Like it ain't nothing. Like I used to, I used to drink, drink. I used to eat bacon, pork bacon. And I wasn't deep in the game as my uncle would say, but I, I was, I was partial with the ribs partial to the ribs and the bacon and things like that mm-hmm. once I realized that it was no good for you it wasn't nothing for me to eradicate it from my diet like oh oh the add on maybe you know 5-10 years oh yeah cause I mean there's nothing better than good health I think people once again mm-hmm. undervalue how much eating benefits like how how
0: yeah, fact how can, how can you go get the
1: money if you got a bad ticker what good is that money if your health is declining <laughs> you, you right. know like, you exactly. take, like, it, it makes yeah. no sense like you wouldn't put sugar in your gas tank and expect for it to run so why would you put right. all of this in your body and not you know balance it out with some some exercise you know life is all about balance
0: microwave there culture you you know I mean? <laughs> it's microwave culture um sugar gets you going quickly but it's not sustainable yeah, exactly it's know?
1: not sustainable and you you know you're cutting corners you can't jeopardize that mm. your health you know especially when you know the chips, soda is everywhere on the on the shelves and everything like that and you made a, a very great mm. point you said in some of these areas they give you a McDonald's at KFC or they give you a corner store with liquor and chips but they'll never give you an outlet to get your your health right and not even physical you know the mental health of it all you know you don't have yeah. outlets and then you get people who you know act out why is he acting out well look at the situation you know what i mean like
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> they, they don't have anything look at the area they in you know
0: right and so it's like we gotta we gotta work on that we gotta work on that um but i think like i said like one of the biggest ways for change is just to live it you know because you can't win over everybody you can't change everybody's mind but, no, but you know- i don't know just i just feel like that's the first step Yeah, you you gotta have the
1: faith of a mustard seed you know because you definitely had a confidence Mm -hmm. to pull off what you're getting ready to pull off and what you are pulling off you know with the podcast kudos to you on the podcast as well Uh, i listened to one episode not the entirety but i just wanted to see how your opening was you know kind of get a feel for who i was talking to so definitely definitely kudos (laughs) to you on the podcast if you don't mind how long has the podcast been around by the way
0: um, so I think I started it this past October, mm-hmm. um, and it actually has changed dramatically. So this is, um, season two and, um, originally the podcast concept, uh, was mostly for people my age and their twenties. Um, I realized in college that, uh, with my friends that, uh, I knew a lot of random food information, um, about typical grocery shopping or like, uh, what organic is or why there's like 27 different varieties of cranberry juice and all these different food questions that like most people were like, uh, just give me like regular bread, like all breads, the same flour, whatever, you know? And so I kind of wanted to answer some of these questions that they had for me that I just easily knew the answer to. Um, but one thing that I realized is that, uh, no one is going to be a care about something as much as I care for something. And so as much as I'd love to just spew facts about all the different types of uh, milks, milk varieties there are, and then also different types of flour, um, no one's going to really, you know, really care about that, you know? And so one thing that I wanted to change in this season is to kind of... um, educate in a way that like brings out stories and so like I think that it's inspiring to talk to other right. people and kind of hear their story and then something that kind of connects us all is um, the fact that we do eat food and it is it is a medium for everybody to get connected with and so I think it's just very empowering in that sense too and that's why I, this podcast kind of like changed a little bit. So originally it was just this straight answer, a whole bunch of random questions. And then now it's a little bit more of a narrative. I want to hear how the other side lives, you know, no, I think, make it more connectable for people who aren't food advocates right. like I am.
1: No, I think that's dope, especially being that you started in October and you already pivoted to what you really want to show to be kind of centered around, if I can say like, you know, cause when you see foodie, I'm like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: well, I mean, I like food. I'm not a foodie.
0: You see, we, and that's, but, <laughs> I think that's what most people but, you can know, say. We, I like food. Yeah. And, then-
1: and I'm like, well, yeah, we can still have a conversation. You know I mean, conversationalist. You know what I mean? we can have a conversation about anything. But I like how, you know, you tie food into, you know, everyday living. I mean, because you do need food to survive. So that's a conversational piece in itself. And you got to kind of Put it like a, a pastor, you know, a pastor, get up there, not saying you preaching, but you know how they seem to always tie in what the Bible says into everyday life and you be like, oh, okay, that does make sense. And I'm guessing in the sense of you talking about food, you kind of intertwine it with the day-to-day. It hadn't really catch people's interest.
0: No, that's good. You Thank know? you. Not I Not really saying that you haven't that. thought
1: about that, but, uh, you know, with the pivot you made and everything, and I could definitely see, you know, you doing that. I think that'd be kind
0: of cool, right? yeah. yeah 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 for sure okay so we are closing up uh, one thing that I always do with all my guests is that if the listener did not listen to anything that we just said this entire time what is something that you could just wrap it up leave some leave them with something um, like a takeaway for about you about what we were talking about or um, it could be an inspirational quote just something to kind of just drop the mic and be like okay thank you
1: <laughs> A motivational I got, any, I got any motivational things in the heartbeat we'll, we'll no? uh, I mean uh, well, one thing I would say I know right everybody's just hanging on to the word uh, what would I say for the listeners out there yeah, I would just say I would just say you know be the person that you know you ultimately you know want to be um, I, I will want to say good, but of course, you know, good and evil kind of, I guess kind of balance out. So, you know, a lot of people are going to do some evil things. A lot of people are going to do some good things, but be the person you want to be ultimately you know, do what you want to do and do it at a high level, you know, take the bull by the horns. You got one life, go ahead and make the most of it. Because ultimately that's, that's, that's been the whole kind of conversations, kind of been centered around, you know, that being the person you want to be, taking the time you need to take out to be who you need to be, go ahead and do it.
0: Corona has given all of us a lot of uncertainty. It's hard to imagine what the future will look like. But I think redirecting, focus, and figuring out what matters to each of us, sparking our joy, can give us a sense of clarity, to be better. What if we challenged ourselves to go back better? Not necessarily back to normal, living the examples we hope to see in the world. I feel like then I'd be able to see a bit of the future. It all becomes a bit more clear. Each of us, small glimmers of light, so we can see where the heck we're going. Because 2020 has been a little bit rough, let's be honest. (laughs) But maybe then, we won't have to be afraid. Hello everyone, thank you so much for listening to the show. If you want to hear more from Darren, you can reach him at...
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Microwaveable Culture, M-I-C-R-O-W-A-V-A-B-L-E, Microwaveable Culture. On Spotify, Apple Podcasts, I'm on SoundCloud. Please leave a review and a rating. I'll definitely appreciate
0: it. (laughs) Ditto. But it's Precious Pioneer, your host. Catch me on Instagram or Twitter. Send me a comment or message telling me what you think about the new setup for the show, um, season two, first episode. I'm super excited for everything that this season has in store. If you want to be a guest on the show, you can email me at pioneer at gmail.com. Um, but other than that, as always, live life with love and love food with life. Bye.